You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The time has come for America to hear the truth. We are going to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights, we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state, in our homes, and in our communities. States of America is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. It's not going to be decided on talk radio, and it sure is not going to be decided on Fox News. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. For the union makes us Good morning, Tennessee Valley. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Story. It is Saturday, August 8th, 2020, and we're broadcasting live online and on the radio on WVNN in the Huntsville, Decatur, Athens listening area from Athens, Alabama. A recording of this program will play tomorrow, Sunday, August 9th, 2020, on the great WGOL in Russellville, Alabama. Today, we've got a really practical interview. Uh, we're talking to Eddie Mitchell, the lead organizer from the Iron Workers Local 477 in Sheffield, Alabama. Uh, they also do a lot of work here in Huntsville. He'll be talking to us about his journey to the union, the work that they do, and about how to join. Later, we'll be talking about freedom of speech and more on today's Valley Labor Report. Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. We appreciate your time. If you want to see what we're up to throughout the week, get our snide quips about the news of the day, then you should follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Valley Labor Report. We're on Twitter at Labor Reporters. I'm on Twitter at Jacob M underscore A-L. David is on Twitter at Radical Unionist. That's spelled R-A-D-I-C-L Unionist. And if you miss part of the show and want to go back and watch it later, you can search YouTube for The Valley Labor Report and subscribe to our channel. You can go back and watch the full show there, and we also clip segments throughout the week. We also upload the program on more than 11 different podcasting apps, so you can see if we're on your listening platform of choice, you can go to The Valley Labor Report transistor.fm slash subscribe and finally if you appreciate our work and want to help us stay on the air consider throwing us a couple dollars a month on patreon.com slash the valley labor report so on to the interview like i said we've got eddie mitchell with us here today he is the lead organizer with iron workers local 477 in sheffield alabama brother we appreciate your time today Thank you, Jacob. How's everybody doing? You on the line? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you not hear him over there? No, I can't hear him. Oh, man. What is going on over here? Uh, give me one second to figure out some technical technical difficulties that we're having. I can hear him perfectly fine. Oh, you can? Yeah. And while Jacob is... Okay, let's... Eddie, say something else. Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was with that. I just changed the... 
change the audio. Uh, it's not not the not an episode of the Valley Labor Report unless there's a little bit of technical issues. <laughs> but Eddie, we appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, we were talking yesterday, and uh, can you tell can you tell us just a little bit about what you told me about like how you came uh, how you came to the union? Um, I, for lack of better terms, I kind of stumbled in. I'd. Uh, like I said, I've been working on the river, building piers and boathouses, and I enjoyed what I did. Um, but I, there was no future for me in it. You know, it was, uh, I was eventually my body was going to give out, and I wasn't going to have anything to fall back on. Somebody had offered me a job as a millwright, and uh, when I say I didn't know what a millwright was, I even misspelled it on my lunchbox. I kind of got ragged <laughs> over that. But uh, I got to work with some uh, some iron workers in Birmingham. We were working at a U.S. steel mill for a shutdown, and uh, and they said, son, you'll never make a millwright, but you may make an iron worker. And uh, they sent me over here to the apprenticeship school in, uh, in Sheffield. And we had a guy over there, <clears throat> Buddy Blackston. He uh, he obviously seen something in me I couldn't see in myself and gave me an opportunity. And uh, I've done all I could do to make the best of it. You misspelled, um, you misspelled millwright. So that, that, that threw you in the iron worker category right off the bat. Is that yeah, what you're that, saying, Eddie? <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, buddy said that, uh, he said that the iron workers was, uh, was a special breed and I was going to fit right in. I, I guess I'll leave it at that. But, uh, uh they're tough they, as uh, nails. They picked at me. They are tough as nails. I'll give you that. I, I ain't never met an iron worker that, that just wasn't absolutely tough as nails. I run into a few up in, uh, or down in Birmingham, but they were out of Tennessee a few a uh, few months ago at a Dropkick Murphy's concert, and just the nicest guys you ever want to meet. Oh man, we're yeah, we're a big family, and I think some of the things I told Jacob is, uh, you know, out of high school I worked at a motorhome plant, and I enjoyed working there, but uh, it, it, everywhere I'd worked, I didn't see a future, and I always looked forward to Fridays. You know, I mean, every day I was counting down the hours of the weekend, and then. When I came over and got into this, it's not really that way. It's uh, you look forward to going back to work on Mondays. You know, it's uh, it's a career. pretty big deal when you really when you really look. Yeah, it's a, it's a great career, but it's a pretty big deal when you look forward to being at work. You know, I can't. Uh, I like golf and I like hunting, but uh, I just soon be out doing iron work too. It's uh, it's fun. Right. Yeah. That that is that is amazing. A lot of folks don't. You know they they can't say they look forward to Mondays. I know I <laughs> I'm, I much prefer seeing a Friday than seeing a Monday on my horizon. But um, so can you tell us a little bit kind of about like what what do iron workers do? Like what 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 do iron workers in general do? And then and then if you'd like, you can talk to us about some of the project that your local uh, some of the projects that your local has been in in the in our advertisement for uh, your local. Y'all are working on four of the five largest uh, construction projects in North Alabama. So y'all are doing a lot of work. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, we've we usually get a lot or most of the biggest projects because we can mobilize so many people so quickly. I know, and then. We'll go into the training here in a little bit, I'm sure. But the training, you know, you're, you're getting guys that are already trained. You're, there's a, we got all kind of training, just about anything a contractor could want. And if we don't have it, we can, we can mold to that pretty easily. But uh, we we erect high rises. We do a lot of bridge work. Um, we weld. We we tie rebar for <clears throat> foundation work. It's uh, there's a lot we do. It's 
and I know I'm going to leave something out if I start trying to mention everything we do. You know, we we work, we do shut down work at these industrial facilities. We build new buildings. We do the expansions. Um, we and, cover a lot of stuff. And training is a big part of that. You know, a lot of people don't realize uh, whenever whenever they're hiring somebody how important all all the training that goes in to to your trade is. I was up in uh, Montague, Michigan a few years back, well, a few, about 20 years ago, setting some equipment. And I was at a union factory, but the, the, ma- the plant manager there didn't want to use union labor. He knew these contractors over here that was a little bit cheaper, and they were going to come in and, and, and anchor the, and it was a millwright group, it wasn't iron workers, but they were going to come in and anchor the uh, equipment, set the equipment for me. And so they started drilling drilling holes in the concrete and whipped out the anchors and a 12-inch crescent wrench and started beating them anchors into the holes with a 12-inch crescent wrench. And I just walked oh, over and said, boy, ain't you got a hammer? I mean, what what is going on? <laughs> and I went and talked to the plant manager and told him, look, man, you're, you're, you, you may have got a cut rate, but you're going to do double the time because it's going to take these guys twice as long to do the work as it does a good union uh, worker. So That's right. training is important. And most of the time, the wage rates is pretty close to the same. There's not that much difference. Uh, we're, uh, everybody, I've, for years, I've heard union labor is too expensive. It's not too expensive. It's it's right there with it. And like you said, you're going to get it done right the first time. You're not going to have to pay twice. You're getting guys that know what's going on. They know the next step. They don't have to sit there and wait on somebody to come hold their hand and say, all right, now that you've finished this, this is what we've got to do. And when everybody has a, a good understanding of of what's going to happen next everybody's looking for what ifs you know well, you can mitigate a lot of stuff before you get to it this way and it saves a whole lot of time yep it, yep it's getting what you're paying for and uh, and these guys care about it you know it doesn't matter which contractor we're working for this is the iron worker so we're going to go out here and do a good job to make sure that we get to come back and keep working here yeah mm-hmm. your name that's something is something i've never seen yeah your name is on that project and the, and the yeah, nice thing about it is it's the worker's name you know, it ain't it ain't yeah. the owner's name. It's the worker's name that's on that project. So that means that means something to them, besides just working for somebody. It seems like the biggest arguments I've ever got in was trying to talk to the contractor. To, this is going to save you money. This is what you know. This is the right way. It's going to save you money. And and they're really appreciative once uh, once they see what's going on. And that's not something that happens often, but. Uh, like I said, it's why would we tarnish our name? That's where this is how we make a living. It's how we feed our family. Mm-hmm. Yep, right. And, right. and I sat on the subcontract committee out at the plant, and when you were talking about, you know, union labor is not as expensive as what people say it is, and that's the absolute truth because we had three electrical contractors come out and quote uh, just trade out labor for us, you know, time and material, and five five eight IBEW five five eight was about $4 an hour cheaper than what the con- one of the non-union contractors that we had been using for years. And I was like, hey, this is a no-brainer, guys. Mm-hmm. And they've been out there with us ever since. But, yeah, I mean, it, it they get a bad rap because that's what a lot of folks want to talk about. Union labor is so expensive, but it really ain't. And especially ain't around here. Right. And no. when, uh, the, the reason for that it, it isn't that because – more of the money just goes to the workers instead yeah. of going to instead of going to some big CEO. Uh, you know, you're actually like paying the workers instead of uh, you know some some big wig some in some other city. Yep. Well, it's 
it's even getting to the point now to where it's uh, the guys are getting the unrepresented iron workers are getting the whole the whole package on their check, but they that doesn't work forever. You know, it uh, this is rough on your body. At some point, you're going to have to retire. Sixty five years old is a long time to be an iron worker, mm-hmm. and uh, especially if you started young. And at that point, you need to retire. You know, you need to. I mean, you need to be able to retire. And if 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 we were good at saving money, we probably wouldn't be iron workers. We'd probably be working at a bank somewhere. But uh, I mean, that's uh, that's just the reality of it. This is here, so you don't. Have, I mean, you don't have to buckle down and save everything. It's still good to to have an alternative, I'm sure. But uh, this money's here for you. It's put back. You know. Yeah. Well, y'all you got, got a prize. You got a goal. Y'all got a good re- retirement plan out there, I'd assume, don't you? Yeah, we got a really good retirement. Yeah, so I mean that that's that's one of the nice things about being a union worker is you certainly certainly uh, don't have to worry about working your entire life. Mm-hmm. One thing that kind of stood out to me that was really cool um, is that y- you said that y'all have the ability to travel if work t- kind of dries up in a specific city uh, because the iron workers is an, is an international union, you know, and you've got these connections. If work dries up in Huntsville, you can go work for iron workers, local, you know, whatever, whatever in some other city. Um, and, and that's something that you're not going to have with uh, con- like local contractors. Yeah, and I mean, you can go to Nashville and work for something that's going to be pretty close to the same pay rate, or you can go to Detroit or New York and make big money. Right, right. Yeah, uh, so we're talking to Eddie Mitchell. He's the lead organizer for Iron Workers Local 477. We're going to bring him back on the other side to talk some more about uh, about what they do and uh, maybe how you can join if you're interested and how you can hire them if, you're, uh, if their labor sounds good to you. So stay tuned. This is the Valley Labor Report. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. All workers deserve fair wages, affordable health care, and a retirement plan that enables them to retire with dignity. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the Machinist Union's over 600,000 members having our back, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama has been serving workers' interests for over 20 years. Our members have the best health insurance in the area with zero deductible plans. We set the bar for pay in the area with over $40 an hour rates, consistently averaging the highest non-college degree jobs in North Alabama with some of the best retirement plans in the industry. We can do the same for you. Together, we remain united, raising our voices to ensure justice on the job and service in the community. The Machinist Union is a true Southern Union founded in Atlanta in 1888. We have been serving members' needs for 132 years. The longevity of our union proves our dedication and loyalty to the working class. 
The Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, healthcare, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense industry, and woodworking. Our members even build the iconic Harley-Davidson motorcycles. If you're ready to get serious about better benefits and wages, if you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, call or email us today at 256-286-3704 or organize at iamaw44.org. Here in Huntsville, federal employees are an invaluable part of the nation's defense, offering unmatched expertise in engineering and technology and as stewards of taxpayer dollars. What we ask for in return is to be treated with fairness, dignity, and respect. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE Local 1858, is a union of working people looking out for each other, making sure that we're treated right. To inquire about joining or to learn more, call 256-876-4880. Hey y'all, are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Well, tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcast. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. WVNN, depend on it. Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison. I am here with David Story. On the line, we've got Eddie Mitchell, lead organizer for the Iron Workers Local 477 out of Sheffield, Alabama. Uh, he's been talking to us about like the kind of work that they do, how he came to the union. Um, it, it's really some really interesting stuff. Some of the uh, uh, some of the benefits that the that the workers get, and so. Um, uh, something that I was curious about is like, so it, say you're a worker out there that's um, uh, maybe you're coming out of high school and you're thinking about uh, uh, thinking about joining, or maybe uh, maybe you are an iron worker and you want to and you want to come in. Like, what what does the process look like for those two different scenarios and uh, to becoming an, an, a member of the Iron Workers Local 477? Well, Jacob, if um if somebody straight out of high school, they don't have any experience in the trade or got an apprenticeship program, and there's an interview process with that. They've got to come in and submit an application. They'll go in front of uh, our <clears throat> examining committee that uh, that's actually elected by the members, and um, they, have, they interview these guys, and they select a certain percentage of them, and, and they'll go to our training center for class, and they'll be at work during the day um, on different projects, depending on the class schedule and how it's set up, and it it's changed some from year to year, but they're getting uh, they're getting free training and they get to go to work during the day too. So it's really a it's really a good way to, to learn the trade without having to pay all this money to go to a tech school. Mm-hmm. Not that a tech school is a bad thing. It's just your ours is kind of trimmed more down, tailored to exactly what we're doing, not what everybody else is doing. And um, to come in at a journeyman rate, if if a guy's been been a journeyman iron worker, it doesn't take long to figure out. And I come in here and sit down, whether you're a journeyman iron worker, you need the apprenticeship program, and we kind of split them off, like, you know, into two different piles, and give them a, give them a shot. 
it's uh right it's, it's real simple you know it's uh and i know we were talking on facebook earlier a lot of people think that you have to travel all the time when i got in my dad told me i'd be broke and laid off all the time and like i made twice what he made that year mm. it's uh it was a on an email I sent, it was the last time he, I could remember him apologizing. He wasn't real big on admitting he was wrong. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, how, but, uh, but I wasn't so sure I was right whenever I, I wasn't listening to him yeah. either, you know. It, but it's been really good to me. It's uh, mm-hmm. We've been able to take in a lot of uh, unrepresented iron workers, and, and they excel here. They, uh, most people just want to be a part of something, want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And when they get over it, it's, it's everybody. We're always extending a hand to help somebody up. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not a backstabbing or a mm-hmm. <clears throat> anything like that. We, we understand that we all represent the same things, and uh, the better we all look, the better it is for everybody. Right. And you, you mentioned something about you, you know lifting your hands out, and you were talking in the um, in the context of like within your union, you know, lifting your brothers and sisters off up, but you, you also do a lot of work in your, in the community. Can you talk about some of that? Yeah, we, um, uh, we had someone reach out to us maybe a year or two ago. Corporal Matthew Conley from Greenhill was killed in action. He was a Marine. We went, we fabricated and installed 215 foot ornamental fence, put an arch up. It looks real nice. If, if you are to get up around Greenhill, it's right behind Pirate's Corner. Um, can't miss it. They load nice black block columns. We tied into all the columns and uh, they painted the structural steel and we just <clears throat> fabbed it and erected it. It looks good and then we did some over here at Tuscumbia for Desra High School, like a security upgrade. And that looks real nice. We got to put a plaque on there that talks about Buddy Blackson, the guy that was uh, over at the apprenticeship school for many, many years. Um, and the mayor and city council of Tuscumbia had reached out to us about a shade for an ornamental pocket park and uh it's, it's pretty neat the way they designed it it's got some planters and these vines can grow up the back and over the top so when the band's up there playing they've got natural vegetation for a shade it's real pretty hmm. yeah and y'all y'all's folks have done all that free of charge absolutely it's we don't mind paying back into the community we live in it makes it everything better for everybody mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah. uh, it really speaks to you know hiring local uh helping out your brothers and sisters in the community and then uh the money stays in there and then it goes right back into the community not just the money but also the uh the volunteer work that y'all do around there i mean it it really speaks to why you should be looking or why if you're a business you should be looking for the iron workers to do work for you absolutely and when we when we do these projects you know everybody seems extremely gracious that we help but it's uh it's, it's just about like it's more enjoyable for us to do it than it is for them to get it. You know, we, we really like coming out there and do it. We drive by there, and I know everybody drives by and points and say, I helped on that. I helped build that. You know, we're, we're proud of it. Yep, and you're not going to get that out of these contractors that rolled in from uh, from out of state, you know, and they may have 500 or 1,000 people working for them, but they're, all they're interested in is taking people's money and take, going back home. You're not going to get that with with, uh, and that, and that money doesn't yeah. stay here with our local economy. That's exactly. Uh, that's something I've always had a problem with, and I guess this is probably where I learned to buy local. When I got in the union, I didn't think about stuff like that, but I try to buy local if at all possible. If I can go down here to the local hardware store and get it, I'm going to get it from there before I buy it from a big box. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, if we don't spend money here, then these places won't be here. Yep. 
Yep. Right. It's just like and people say it on social media all the time. It's these it's these mom and pop stores and the local unions that are donating to your kids' T-ball teams and right. to your kids' basketball teams and everything like that. Yeah, it ain't Walmart. Walmart ain't sponsoring your your kids' baseball team. That's for sure. Um, so we've got we've got just a couple more minutes here, Eddie. Um, and uh, and we were talking yesterday, and and you were talking to me um, kind of about the biggest difference between. Uh, being in the union and not being in the union, and and so I'll I'll just let us kind of go out on that. It's it's opportunity. That's we have more opportunities for advancement. We have more opportunities for training, and I mean you can get superintendent training. You can get training to, if you want to start your own business. We have advanced rigging training. It's we get we've been getting taught by a retired TVA employee that actually taught the advanced rigging. So. We've got access to a lot of certifications that other people don't. And if you're willing to apply yourself, you can go as far as you want to go. It's uh, There's really no limit. And it don't cost you a dime. You know, and that's, it doesn't cost that's, a penny. I mean, you got kids coming out of high school now, and they may not want to go into college, but they may, and, you know, be talked into going over to the trade school at Calhoun or Wallace State or what have you. But you're talking about twenty or $30,000 of student loan debt as opposed well, to on-the-job training. That, that you're going to get through the iron workers. The one thing I forgot to mention about the benefits is that's not a payroll deduction. A lot of times people go to work and they get $50 or $100 a week deducted out of their check for insurance. All this is a payroll contribution made by the contractor. Right, right. All right, uh, Brother Eddie, thank you so much for coming on. I, I appreciate your time today. Um, and uh, uh, if you... Uh, if folks want to get in touch with him, uh, you can message our message our page, and, and we'll make sure y'all get in touch. Uh, he is the lead organizer with the Iron Workers Local 477 out of Sheffield, Alabama. Uh, brother, we appreciate your time. Y'all stay tuned. This is the Valley Labor Report. Public schools are critical to the success of communities and democracy. Now more than ever, our educators and school support staff are going above and beyond to support our students and families. We at the Alabama Education Association are proud to represent the hardworking employees of our public schools and colleges. Thank you for all of your love and dedication to Alabama's students. Please take care and stay safe. Hey y'all, are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcast. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. News Talk 770 AM, 925 FM, WVNN. Now you want higher wages, let me tell you what to do. Got to talk to the workers in the shop with you. You got to build you a union, got to make it strong. But if you all stick together, boys, don't be long. You got shorter hours, better working conditions, vacations with pay, take your kids to the seashore. Cause it ain't quite that simple, so I better explain just why you got to ride on the union train. Cause if you wait for the boss to raise your pay, we'll all be waiting till judgment day. We'll all be buried. Gone to heaven. 
St. Peter will be the straw boss then, boys. Now you know you're underpaid, but the boss says you ain't All right. up the work. David's giving me the cue. He don't want to listen to it no more. Ah, that's good music. <laughs> My name is Jacob Morrison. This is the Valley Labor Report. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, like we said last week, we've got a really cool new advertiser. I'm going to do their uh, do a little live read here for you. Um, An awesome, awesome, awesome new advertiser. Awesome new advertiser. So, are you tired of boring corporate and out-of-touch shows and movies that are being cranked out by like Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime? Well, if you are, there's an alternative now. Means TV. Means TV is the world's first worker-owned post-capitalist streaming service. That's a worker-owned streaming service with a library of post-capitalist movies, documentaries, series, and weekly original shows covering news, culture, gaming, and more. They have films like The Writer with No Hands, which is a documentary thriller about a screenwriter who disappeared in Los Angeles in the 90s, or Means Morning News, which is their weekly post-capitalist news show. Um, honestly, the new show enough. It, uh, the new show alone is enough reason to check it out. I watch it every week. There's also a Marxist video game show, an, adi- uh, an animated kids show about anarchist cats, and contents from some of your fra- favorite YouTube creators like Richard Wolf and the Surfs, and some of other of your favorite creators like the Trillbillies and Abby Martin and Street Fight Radio and more. And the best part is it's entirely funded by listeners. It's entirely funded by you. There are no advertisers on Means TV and there are no venture capital firms ever. For $10 a month, just $10 a month, you get access to a huge library of socialist, communist, and anarchist content on Means TV with new movies and shows added every week. And if you can't afford that, just send them an email and they'll get you set up at whatever you can afford. It's an incredible lineup, and now more than ever, it's vital to support media that reflects and empowers working people. So check out Means TV by going to means.tv on your browser or download their app on iOS, Android, and Roku. Uh, and when you do, make sure that you use code VALLEYLABOR at checkout. So support entertainment for the 99%. Check out Means TV today and make sure you use code VALLEYLABOR at checkout when you do. If you use code VALLEYLABOR at checkout, what does that do for you, Jacob? When you use code, thanks, David. When you use code Valley Labor at checkout, you get fifty percent off. Fifty percent off. Fifty percent off your first month uh, of Means TV, and uh, you help us out by letting them know that hey, you know, this is a sponsorship that's worth doing, that's worth uh, uh, renewing month to month, and and uh, so you'll be helping out Means TV. You'll be helping yourself out by getting some really dope content, and uh, you will be helping. Um, Obviously, you know, worker-owned and uh, reflecting media. It's really good stuff. And uh, that, that, ma- that made me think about, uh, you know, li- listener funding and stuff like that. Like, the advantage that Means TV has is that they are listener-funded. They don't have these venture capital firms that are funding them. They don't have advertisers that they're beholden to. Uh, they just have uh, – they have – 
you know, several, several thousand, probably a hundred thousand or more folks that are giving them just $10 a month. And that's, and, and so they're not beholden to any particular person. And I just want to say, make a pitch really quick. That would help us out a lot. We have a Patreon account and currently uh, we've got about 11 patrons. We're bringing in about $90 a month on Patreon, and that's really great. That actually really helps us a lot. But it ain't close to what we're paying out of pocket. It's not close to what we're not paying. It's not close to what we're paying for the air, and so we do have to take advertisers. And so, like, um, I mean, if any one of if any individual one of our advertisers pulled out. It would be, you know, it would be tough. It would be a, it would be a real hit for us. And so, um, uh, individual listeners can chip in just a dollar or two a month, or a dollar or two, or five or ten dollars. You know, whatever, whatever you can afford. If if you think that we're doing, you know, valuable stuff, I think we are. Uh, if you think that we're doing valuable stuff, that would really help us be able to stay on the radio. And you can go to Patreon.com/slash The Valley Labor Report and choose however much you would like to give uh, to make sure that we stay on the air. And uh, and that would really help uh, help us be able to continue this project that we've got going on here and not just not just stay on the radio it would be nice to get to the point to where we could do some giveaways you know we, yeah. we talked about last week about getting some shirts made some polo shirts made mm-hmm. and doing things like this and and i mean everybody knows it's right. it's cost it's it, very mm-hmm. costly to do things like this and, and it, it would be cool to expand yeah. as well it would be cool to make the show two hours or three hours on sunday or, or on saturdays it would be cool to be able to uh be on other radio sh- uh, other radio stations in the valley we're on wgol um they have been gracious enough to host us for free they're just they're just playing our uh playing our program and so that's really great but most stations aren't gonna, you know most stations aren't going to do that and so you know um the, the it would just it, it would help us not only maintain like what we're doing but even potentially grow the project and i think that would be really valuable yep. um but, and, and we're providing honestly everybody that's following us knows we're providing the service that very few people are providing out there mm-hmm. you know as far as what we do is we are talking to average blue collar, some white collar, working class folks, uh, and without any kind of agenda, without being beholden to the right, the left, you know, uh, you know, we've got our own personal uh, political beliefs, but there's nobody behind us saying y'all need to say this, y'all need to say that. What we're trying to do is give people the honest truth from from working class Alabamians. Yeah. So, David, uh, you wanted to talk some about this online censorship discourse. Yeah, well, TM. you know, and here's the thing. Before we started doing this show, and that kind of comes back to what we were just talking about as far as uh, providing a point of view that's not influenced by politicians. Before we started doing the show, I never really listened to this radio station because pretty much they were, you know, ultra-conservative and I don't have a problem with ultra conservatives, but I don't really like to get you know my opinions from the right or the left. I don't listen to a whole lot of CNN either. Right. I kind of. I don't have a TV, so I'm yeah. not listening to CNN. Yeah. <laughs> don't have a TV. <laughs> so, anyways, this past week I started hearing all this talk about Twitter, Twitter, and Trump is getting censored on Twitter and public service, and they can't believe he's doing this and this and that and the other, and you know it's just so unfair. And it got me to thinking, you know, 
as unionists, you know, as trained unionists, as people that represent workers uh, in contract negotiations, in arbitrations, in grievance hearings, we're always taught one of the most important things that you need to look out for down the road whenever you start doing, making uh, any type of accusations or defending a worker is precedence, not precedent, but precedence. So what you do may have a profound effect on other things in the future that you're not recognizing at that time. So you're always looking for precedence and you're, you're very aware of what you're, of what you're doing and what you're asking for. And so this whole Twitter thing kind of brought to mind the idea of just a, a year or so ago with these gay couple that is up in Indiana and, and some people may remember it, some people may not. But this gay couple goes to a baker up in Indiana and wants him to bake a cake. And the Supreme Court is stacked with conservatives, bigots really, that decided, because this went to all the way to the Supreme Court, that decided that this cake baker didn't have to bake a cake for this gay couple. Something that I thought we had resolved 60 years ago here in Alabama, that you couldn't be a bigot, you couldn't be a racist, and have a public service, provide a public service. You know, a black person could sit down at the counter with another white person and buy a hamburger. But apparently, the Supreme Court and most of the conservatives out there was cheering him on, cheering him on, that this, that this baker had a right to deny service. Well, that set a very important precedence in the fact that now we've got Twitter. Well, guess what, folks? Twitter's not a public platform. They're not government-owned. They get to decide who they want to speak and who they don't. So this precedence was set, and y'all lost for it. Yep. Stay tuned. We're going to be talking about this some more on... You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation, from the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow, we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. 
Go to arminarmforclimate.org. That's arm in arm, the number four, climate.org to learn more. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. If you're looking for contractors with lower than average EMR and TRIR, if you need to supplement a workforce at any level for any amount of time, if you need iron workers that come trained and certified at no extra cost, or if you need workers from superintendent down to general laborer and you're looking to start work on a project or you're unhappy with your current contractor situation, you need to call my friend Jeb Miles with the Iron Workers Local 477. They only work with the best in the business, vetted contractors, and can do all kinds of jobs from roofing to steel and bridge erection, from welding to heavy rigging, from structural repairs to machinery alignment, and much more. They supply manpower on four of the five largest projects in North Alabama, so you know they're legit. If you need good quality, safe, efficient, diligent, and knowledgeable workers on your job, then you need the Iron Workers Local 477. Call Jeb Miles at 256 383 3334 that's 256-383-3334 or via email at local477 at net. and make sure you tell them that you heard about them on the Valley Labor Report. News Talk 770 AM 925 FM WVNN Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host, David Story. So, David, you were kind of talking about some, uh, about this uh, free speech stuff, stuff, the censorship stuff. Censorship. And like, yeah, and what you were, what you were saying um, was that the kind of conservative capitalist free market logic would be that, okay, you know, if the pa- if the baker doesn't have to um, bake the cake for the gay couple, then Twitter doesn't have to uh, uh, Twitter doesn't have to let Trump lie to millions of people and encourage them to. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, I mean they, they don't even have they to let him be on the platform. Like, no, exactly, it's a free right. platform. Yeah. it's private and so, owned business. Right, and and that is that's that is correct. Um, and and um, you, you know. When we talk about uh, censorship in the the Twitter, the Facebook discourse, and conservatives are always they've got this victim mentality about about oh people are always out to get me and it's I mean honestly like it's amazing to me we've got we've got thought leaders uh, conservative type thought leaders here in Alabama in Alabama right. Uh, you know, uh, who are whining that, oh, I'm so censored. I don't have my opinions heard or my opinions are not shared by, oh, I'm, I'm a, you know, uh, heterosexual, straight, white, Christian man. I'm so like, I, no one ever hears from me. And it's like amazing because 
these are the I mean, these are like the only people that you hear from in Alabama. And it's just I don't know, like it's silly. Like Republican conservative folks control every lever of power in Alabama, most lever of most levers of power in, nationally. And they still are able to have this victim mentality. The about silent stuff. majority it's, that's yeah. so loud that uh, I, you, you couldn't, you, that you could. Yeah, but but make sense. And and here saying. this is this is something. So obviously, obviously the th- the issues with like Twitter and Facebook and, and censoring conservatives or whatever you know, quote unquote. There's actually been a report that uh, there's a whistleblower at uh, Twitter or Facebook, I can't remember, that was showing that that showed that actually what has been happening is that these platforms are so sensitive to accusations of bias against conservatives that they have been more lenient on conservative. Um, conservative falsehoods or conservative disinformation than they have on left-wing disinformation. Now, I haven't I haven't read the report. I haven't like really dug into it cuz cuz here's the thing about this. Man, I just don't care that much. I just really don't well, care. We're talking about I we're think talking it's about important to I mean, point out the hypocrisy. It's reasonably of the important. Censorship. Yeah, it's reasonably important to point out the the hypocrisy, but like folks we're talking about the president of the United States being sad that Twitter is not letting his campaign account tweet knowable falsehoods while we have in this country unidentifiable federal agents kidnapping people off the streets without cause for protesting. We have got somebody in Salt Lake City, Utah, who is facing life in prison for criminal mischief. She painted the DA's, the steps to the DA's office red, like with, like, you know, supposed to look like blood because he has blood on his hands. That DA is trying to put her in prison for life. 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 Okay, this is a criminal mischief charge, and he's trying to put her behind bars for life. There are people who um, uh, who burnt a police car, and they're looking at a minimum of a 35-year sentence. That's insane. This is property destruction, and you're looking at uh, the majority of somebody's life? This is crazy. So we want to talk about censorship. We want to talk about the boot of the state being on somebody's neck. Like, in this in, in in this time oh and well, they're trying to destroy the postal service right in the run up to an election where there will be more mail in ballots than ever before in the country's history they're trying to destroy the postal service before this which is undoubtedly going to affect people's ability to have their voices heard in the democratic process so i like i just have so little patience for this bs about censorship on Facebook and Twitter, like Facebook and Twitter's been mean to me. I'm the president of the United States, and I'm worried about people being. I don't like. Well, I don't know. I just have so little patience for it. But on the other hand, if I'm just thinking about it, it you know, just thinking about it intellectually, um, I mean, Facebook and Twitter. And, and these social media platforms have become something of a public square um, because that's where a lot of the debate happens, at, at, you know, um, right now. That's where a lot of the debate happens in 21st century America. Now, obviously, if we look at the letter of the law, the letter of the Bill of Rights, it is not meant to combat 
private censorship. In fact, workers in America have no rights to free speech. You cannot go in your job and be talking about how, uh, oh, I hate, I hate this or I hate that, or talking about polit, like talking about politics on your job can get you fired Absolutely. in America. We don't have free speech rights as far as uh, the private sector is concerned. But um, you know, if we want to talk about the spirit of free speech. You know, I don't know. I'm kind of sympathetic to that. I'm kind of well, sympathetic to. The, I'm kind of sympathetic to the argument that maybe we should nationalize these uh, platforms and um, have they be they be publicly owned and operated uh, and be forced to conform to the First Amendment uh, because these are so important for our discourse today. But, you know, that's not what the conservative type... That's totally contrary to, like, the free market logic, the capitalist logic of, uh, you know, the right-wing movement in America. Yeah, and to, and to bring it back around to the Constitution and... The point that they're trying to make is to say that he's been censored. He should have free speech. And, and of course, what you've been saying and what I've been saying is you don't have free speech on a private platform, not a, not a privately owned platform. But you know what is a violation of someone's First Amendment rights? You know what is the government attacking someone is sending federal agents to snag people up off the streets whenever they're protesting. Mm -hmm. It is for the government to use his bully pulpit, his platform as the President of the United States to say that any football player kneeling on the stage should be fired. Mm -hmm. Get rid of the SOBs is what he said. Right. That is a violation of the First Amendment rights because that is the government influencing your right to free speech. And there is the problem. But nobody wants to – everybody wants to act like that's not a big deal. We mm. should support getting rid of these SOBs. Right. But but whenever he gets his feelings hurt on a private yeah. platform, oh, uh, the whole yeah. world comes out yeah, to talk yeah. about, oh, I can't believe it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's just – I don't know. It. There, there's so many – there's like so many more important things than – the free, like the freedom of the president of the United States to be able to just spread lies on any platform that he wants. Like we're in the middle of a global pandemic. We're in the middle of uh, what could turn into the largest recession in American history. We're in the middle of, um, I, 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 you know, mass movements against uh, racial injustice in this country. It's like I just don't. I don't know. I just can't make myself care about it. I just <laughs> find it so hypocritical. And that's the biggest problem that I have, is right. the hypocrisy of the right-wing media to come out and talk about public service and talk about we're being censored, and yet mm. we've got to where we taxpayer-funded police attacking mm. people, but yet if somebody has a heart attack... right. We have to pay out of our pocket for an ambulance. Yeah. But yet we need freedom of speech. You know, it's just right. it's just so hypocritical. Yeah. Nationalize what we want and we you know, when we feel attacked mm -hmm. and then you know, everything else should be private industry ran. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about some other stuff on the other side of the break. I've got some good news and 
Y'all are gonna love this. We're gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna be bashing on the left a little bit on the other side of this break. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're, we're uh, bipartisan in our, <laughs> in our, in our uh, critiques of the people who hold power in this country. So we're gonna be, we're gonna be doing a little bit of that on the other side and telling you some good news. So stay tuned. This is the Valley Labor Report. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story, and this is News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. News starts now. Thousands of people are out on the streets of Beirut at this hour protesting the government. They're angry about a massive explosion earlier this week at the port. Correspondent Ben Wiedemann is in the thick of things. In the first 24, 48 hours after the blast, it was a, people were in a state of shock. But that state of shock has quickly boiled over into fury. And we may be seeing the beginning of a long period of these sort of clashes, this sort of unrest. More than 150 people were killed in the explosion. At least 18 people have died. More than 140 injured when a plane skidded off a hilltop runway, landing in heavy rain in the southern Indian state of Kerala today. The charter flight was carrying Indians who'd been stranded abroad because of the coronavirus. No fire was reported on the Boeing 737 after it landed and broke into two pieces. I'm Christopher Cruz. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker & Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker & Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. People across Alabama are hurting. Elected leaders have bailed out corporations while sending only a one-time cash payment to working families despite record unemployment and a public health crisis. Hometown Action is fighting for working people across Alabama to build inclusive and sustainable small town and rural communities. Hometown Action demands that Congress pass a people's bailout that expands health care, sends cash payments to families, and invests in green jobs to restart the economy. Now is the time to act. Learn more at www.hometownaction.org. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. 
When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. The Dale Jackson Show, a safe space for terrible people. Weekdays, 7 to 11 a.m., only on WVNN. WVNN. Good morning, Tennessee Valley. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host, David Story. Like I said, on the other side, we've got some good news to share with you. This has been a story. We've been on this beat for a while, and the beat has been that the we TV— We broke it. We bro- I mean, truthfully, let's be honest well, here. Well, no, no. I, I read I read some stuff in The Intercept and Jacobin. And, oh, okay, okay, and, okay. Yeah, My I, apologies. We yeah, broke no. it locally. We broke it locally. We yeah, we were the first. Locally. We were the first local media to talk about this. But TVA, um, so the TVA back several months ago— had announced their intention to uh, outsource 20% of their IT department. We talked to the uh, in, uh, the engineering union at the TVA. We talked to their valley-wide president, and we talked to their international president as well about this. You can go back and watch the interview. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, we have also talked about it subsequently we praised Jeff Sessions and Doug Jones for standing up for these workers who were looking at having their jobs outsourced, uh, which is which is great. We we appreciate um, anytime anytime anybody does anything that is good for workers, we appreciate it. And we and so uh, and you invited Jeff Sessions to come on the radio show to talk about that because we thought that was very important. Yes. The fact that he was out there right. standing for workers. Yes, and we thought that wasn't. yeah, we thought that was really important, and so we wanted to talk some more about that. And we appreciate their advocacy, and we appreciate Doug Jones coming out strongly for it. Yep, he has he has been on that beat, um, and uh, and so the good news is, well, there's been there's been some good news trickling, and so a few weeks ago, the first little trickle of good news was that um, the TVA was scaling back they're outsourcing and so originally they were going to outsource like 220 jobs and they were like okay now we're only going to outsource 60 jobs and no jobs in Huntsville were on the uh the platter anymore no longer on the plate to be outsourced originally there was like 40 or 50 jobs in in Huntsville at the TVA that were at risk and and then there were none at risk and it was all in Knoxville and Chattanooga so again here we go that's a that's a good let's, tr- let's talk about what well, just quickly uh-huh. It wasn't outsourcing. This was offshoring, and there's right. a big difference. They weren't just sending it to some other company in the U.S. They were sending it to a complete separate company in a complete separate country. Yeah, the companies were headquartered in um, in other countries. I think they were saying that most of the work would be done in the U.S., but it would still be done by um, 
international companies. Yeah, international yes. companies. The profits would be going out of the local economy. It wouldn't be done, even if it was done in the U.S., it would be done outside of the Tennessee Valley, which is not, you know, work for the TVA was meant to help the Tennessee Valley. It was not oh, meant boy. to help New York. It was not meant to help Ohio. It was meant to help the Tennessee Valley. So that's where the work should be done. Um, and so that was the first trickle of good news. And then uh, last week, the big shebang, the big win. We got it. We just There's no outsourcing happening at the TVA uh, because the president uh, signed an executive order um, uh, that d- does not allow federal agencies to outsource work that can be done here, I think. I can't, I don't know. I, and he terminated the CEO. And he terminated, and he terminated yes, and he fired. Oh, man, that was so great. So this guy, the, the, the CEO of the TVA, which the TVA is a federal agency, this guy makes $8 million yeah, a year. He is the highest paid federal employee. He's a federal employee. Uncle Sam, me and you, we pay this guy $8 million a year. Um, and what we he was, did. We don't anymore. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> we don't anymore. Uh, we were paying this guy $8 million a year. And um, what was he going to do with that money? He was he was going to take that salary in this position. He was going to try to outsource 200 jobs, out uh, take that money out of the local economy, give it to some of his buddies in the private sector. And, um, and so... Uh, um, the union, the International Federation of uh, Technical and Professional Engineers (IFPTE) uh, and um, uh, other folks, the Nashville CLC, the Knoxville CLC, Central Labor Councils, um, and a lot uh, of good people involved. Yeah, folks, folks like us. There were some uh, U.S. tech workers. Was another. There were so many, and obviously, I'm not going to be able to. Uh, the Intercept did a lot of good reporting on this. Jacobin uh, had a couple articles on this. There were so many people that came together to advocate for these workers and put it in front of the people who had the power to change it like the president and so it is thanks to that advocacy that uh that the president was made aware of this and that the president felt forced to act on it and so that's and so we're thankful uh to the president for doing that but i'm so much more thankful to the hundreds and thousands of people that advocated on behalf of these workers who uh in some cases knew them you know, there were no doubt hundreds of workers at the TVA who knew someone personally who's who had gotten a pink slip. But and this don't happen without organized labor. This does not happen, and that's that's the that's the big deal. Like, if uh, um, if these people had not been organized, if these people had not had a union that was advocating for them locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally. They would not have their jobs. The CEO at the TVA would still be in his position making $8 million a year by outsourcing jobs from the local economy. But these workers have a union. These workers have a union and these workers fought for their jobs. And they had their brothers and sisters. 
in their workplace to fight for their jobs. And in other unions. And in other unions, like myself and David. They had brothers and sisters in other unions fighting for their jobs. They had advocacy organizations like U.S. tech workers that were made aware of their struggle that fought for their jobs. That's what you get. You get integrated into this huge community of people that will fight tooth and nail for you. And um, I said I was going to kind of uh, uh, kind of bash on the left a little bit. And the reason for that is that um, there are so many folks out there that are talking about uh, a Green New Deal, which I think is important. I think that would be good. I think that it would be good to move as swiftly as we can from a fossil fuel reliant economy to a renewable and sustainable economy and I think that in the process we can create thousands of new good paying union jobs for people. I think that we can do good things for the environment, for the climate, and for workers all in one in a Green New Deal. And I think that's great. People like Bernie Sanders, people like AOC, Ilhan Omar, uh, Rashida Tlaib, all these folks uh, doing great work advocating for this important thing. They were nowhere to be found here um, and now you know I, I I said something about this in the um, in the break and David was like well you know I mean AOC's from New York Bernie Sanders is from Vermont I mean this isn't really their you know this isn't their stomping grounds right but uh, the, but the thing is in my mind. They're out here advocating for a Green New Deal, which is obviously supposed to call back to the original New Deal. The TVA was one of the biggest New Deal um, New Deal institutions that was created and one of the most successful, undoubtedly, one of the most successful things to come out of the New Deal. And so, in my mind, if you're going to be advocating for building on that legacy, building on that foundation that was set by workers and and FDR half a century ago, you should not only be committed to building on that, but you should be committed to protecting the foundation that you want to build on top of. Yeah. Because the TVA, if we move forward with the Green New Deal, the TVA is going to be one of the places that that flows through in the Tennessee Valley. And if we have, if we have allowed, um, if we have allowed corporate interests and millionaires to destroy the uh, the TVA before we institute a Green New Deal, then it's going to be much harder. It's going to be, um, it, it, it's going to be. In so much harder to build on a foundation with holes in it, to build on a foundation of sand. That's why it's so important. And that's and that's why I think AOC and Bernie Sanders, they should have been on the front lines to defend this. And and another reason they should have been on the line to defend this is because folks like Jeff Sessions, folks like Donald Trump, they have allowed this to be turned into something of an anti-immigrant thing. They have allowed their their rhetoric is is less pro union and it's less anti union busting and it's more I don't want immigrants to have these jobs where it's where the the better uh, the better side to come at this from is we want to protect uh, we want to protect organized labor we want to make sure that workers have a voice in their workplace and so if AOC and Bernie Sanders and folks like this had come out from that angle 
it would have been a much there, there would have been much less of this kind of xenophobic rhetoric uh, surrounding this outsourcing kind of stuff. And so, you know, I think this is a real this is um, a, a very unfortunate lost opportunity for the left to have been able to have been on the front lines advocating for these workers and uh, showing these workers that they are not going to um, that they're not going to let them be left behind. Yeah, it's a it's yeah, a big even, lost I mean, opportunity. I don't think it's I don't think it's so much as a lost opportunity is is it, it was the right thing to do and they were nowhere to be found. I mean, you know, political political crap aside, they should have been standing with us. And, and protecting these local jobs. Right. I mean, that, that's what we preach every day. And you did mention that the, these people worked at a nuclear plant. Now, these were IT jobs that were looking at being outsourced, but they did, uh, uh, a lot of them worked for a nuclear plant, well, if, I, yeah. if I understand that right. And um, that should not have stopped them from advocating for these people's jobs because they are always preaching about a just transition. They're talking about we will not be leaving coal miners behind. We yep. will not be leaving people who work in in uh, the fossil fuel and the nuclear sector, which I think nuclear is fine. Personally. I think yeah, I think I think nuclear is fine. But if we want to phase out of nuclear, but at the same time, TVA is also water as well. Right. So you know you right. got turbines yes. there. It is gr what's greener than yeah. water? No kidding. Producing energy. Yeah, hydroelectricity. You know? exactly. Yeah, I mean it's so, like. Um, I mean, just on so many levels, this should have been a place where these people, yep. th th these politicians could have, could have and shown. And like you said, Doug Jones was there. Doug Jones was there. Sessions I mean, this, was there. Sessions was there. Where was Tuberville? Tuberville's nowhere. Where was Tuberville where to was, be found? Seriously. I mean, this is, this is exactly what we've been talking about yeah. for the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. We've got a guy that wants to represent Alabama that lives in Florida that is not a part of the conversation no. for protecting Alabama workers. And that's what we're telling y'all folks. No. Listen. Watch with your eyes. Don't listen to what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Look at what he's doing because he's well, not mean, there. I mean, even listen to what he says. You can listen to what he says because what he says is just like it's, it's hyperbole. It's nothing. It's, it's hyperbole. It, it, he just doesn't. He, he doesn't say anything of substance. I mean, it's just so. It's so vapid and meaningless. But and what does he do? Performative. Nothing. He does, what does nothing. He, do? he does nothing. He does nothing on top of saying nothing. He's just the ultimate. Like that, he's just like a, a just this big bundle of buzzwords and. Uh, it's Look, he couldn't make it as a coach at Auburn. He he may make it as a senator in Alabama, yeah. but it'll be a joke. It'll be a joke. Yeah, folks, this is the Valley Labor Report. We have one more segment. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. 
When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. People across Alabama are hurting. Elected leaders have bailed out corporations while sending only a one-time cash payment to working families despite record unemployment and a public health crisis. Hometown Action is fighting for working people across Alabama to build inclusive and sustainable small town and rural communities. Hometown Action demands that Congress pass a people's bailout that expands health care, sends cash payments to families, and invests in green jobs to restart the economy. Now is the time to act. Learn more at www.hometownaction.org. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE, Local 1858, believes all workers are entitled to fairness, dignity, and respect. AFGE also knows that the best way to guarantee proper treatment is for workers to stand together, united, looking out for each other. In AFGE, we fight for workers every day to ensure a workplace that is safe and free from harassment. If you're a federal employee and want to be a part of this union to protect yourself and your fellow workers, call 256 876-4880. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. WVNN. A long-haired preachers come out every night. I try to tell you what's wrong and what's right. But when asked about something to eat, uh, they will answer in voices so sweet. You will eat. Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host, David Story. Um, We talked about some good news in the last segment, and we've got some more good news. David? Yeah, we're just kind of throwing this thing together. We were sitting here trying to figure out what we're going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob's over here looking at me like, don't say that, man, don't say that. Yeah, we were sitting over here going, well, we got one more segment, and we're out of stuff to talk about, and we would like to leave y'all on a good note, uh, something positive. But uh, So we were just bantering back and forth, and 
it was nice to see that yesterday uh, my union, the uh, Machinist Union Local 44 there in Decatur that builds the uh, launch vehicles or what a lot of people called rockets, uh, won a big contract with the U.S. government. We were competing with uh, SpaceX and Blue Origin and Northrop Grumman. There were several uh, rocket builders that was in the in the mix, but we got a they they done a they kind of split the baby. They done a sixty percent for us and a forty percent for SpaceX uh, split over the next. I think through it takes us through twenty twenty five with some possibilities mm-hmm. of extending. So you know that's that was a big uh, positive and a lot of people. I was organizing some nurses a while back, and and one of the one of the comments on the on the in the group was well we really we don't need a union we really need some type of advocacy for nurses we need some form of advocacy to get down to montgomery and and advocate on our behalf and and, you know one of my comments and you know this very well is Mm -hmm. the fact that look a lot of what the union brings to the table is advocacy we've got you know uh lobbyists i'm a lobbyist in the state for for our union we've got lobbyists that go to these uh, Montgomery and go to D.C. and advocate not only on behalf of the members but on behalf of the members' business, the people that we work for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the the airline industry right now, the union, uh, Delta just come out yesterday talking about how great the machinist union is because they're going up there and advocating on their behalf and Delta's mm-hmm. not even, they have been attacking us right and left mm-hmm. and said, a year ago, and you probably remember the Facebook post said that a gaming system was was <laughs> that was a better choice of how to spend yeah. your money than to pay union dues. Well, now all of a sudden they're recognizing that, hey man, maybe these union dues aren't so bad because they're helping mm-hmm. pay for these advocates that are helping right. the company, not just the members, but the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's I mean we talked about this with. Um with Michael Clem, brother Michael Clem, yep. when he came on, yep. about just how silly it is um, to believe that unions are like bad for business, or unions are going to destroy businesses because, like, um, you know, we're not going to have a job <laughs> if we run. If yeah. every time, if every time you unionized a workplace, the place went under, then like folks wouldn't join unions because, or folks would want to change their unions because something wouldn't be right. You wouldn't yeah. have a job. It wouldn't make sense. Um, but there's a there's a large portion of those dues that go to help pay for, not mm-hmm. just the training, but the advocacy as well. Mm-hmm. And they help. I can tell you, you know, the last time I went to D.C., I went into the plant manager's office and said, give me my talking points. What have y'all right. got that we really need? Because, hey, I'm looking to keep our members employed. I'm not trying to run the business out of, uh, right. out of business. Yeah, you know? yeah, and uh, and and you shared it on local 44's Facebook page, and I got a kick out of it. So I just want to I want to share what you said. You had a good joke. Uh, the the CNBC article that he shared had SpaceX had their name first. And he said, so like, he said, we don't know why SpaceX was listed first. Maybe it was fake news because we won a 60% share of the upcoming contracts. Uh, So that's great news for our members and better news for those that enjoy space exploration because it means that at least 60% of those launches are going to be successful. You never know with SpaceX. You never know. You know, that's kind of the point. We've got 100% success rate. Right. Uh, over what is what is SpaceX's success rate? I don't like, know. 
I, honestly, I don't know. No, they've got no. You know, I'm not gonna bash them too bad. They've got it here lately. They've got a decent success yeah. rate, honestly. Yeah. But you know, the thing that always I get a chuckle out of is the fact that all the fanboys for SpaceX think that they're private industry and they're fine. And Elon is financing all of this. Oh, all the and it's not anyway. The, our tax dollars is going yeah. to him, and it's like, man, these people are such idiots. I mean, he's gotten yeah. billions. In subsidies yeah. from the government. He, he just lies about it. I mean, no joke. He got like $4.9 billion yeah, uh, yeah. from the government for SpaceX. Yeah, like when it was private, private industry. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. E- either it was about to go bankrupt or like to, for startup funds. I can't remember why he got $4.9 billion. Well, but, a lot of times um, they, they finance, the, just like they have with the COVID vaccine, they finance right. some investment because it's. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't get anything done in this country. So yeah. the proof of the, the, the fact of the matter is most of your larger private companies that are doing research are funded by the government. Which, like, I think that the government should have a hand in funding research because obviously... Well, it's for our benefit. Yeah, it's it for, for our, our benefit. benefit. Obviously, you know, these private companies, they're not going to be able to justify putting in research that may or may not pan out by the market logic, right? Because if you have to justify everything with a return on investment, you, you know, you're not going to be able to make these really big uh, discoveries that you can when you're, like, less beholden to the profit motive or whatever. So I think that there's... I think that there's a a, a very important role for government funding to play, but these folks don't like. To, they won't acknowledge that, or they they like to make it out like they're the ones taking all the risk when really it's us that's taking the risk. And I think that I think that like um, his parents are wealthy from like mineral mines yeah. in, from apartheid South from Africa apartheid South or Africa. Some, something. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. So I mean, this guy is just like. Multiple levels of <laughs> problematic and not self-made. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, here's the thing: is we try not to bash uh, our competition too much because we we're all trying our best. Yeah, well, to I'm do not in competition right. with him. Elon Musk yeah. sucks. Yeah, he's <laughs> we're, all, we're all trying. He's, but a he's trying union to get rich busting. Yeah. yeah, he is union busting. You're right about buster. that. Yeah, uh, not only at SpaceX but at Tesla, and, you know. Yeah. But I mean, that's typical capitalists. They're yeah. they're they don't want to share their profit. No, they no, they them. want you to do all the work. And this is why folks think this is like a thing about socialism. But no, it's about it's about big multinational CEOs. They want you to do all the work. They want to take the profits for themselves and share as little of it as possible with you. And that is. Uh, that's that's where that's where you get the real the real greediness the real selfishness and uh, it's not you know it's not what you hear folks it's the it's a lot of times it's these big capitalist folks at the top that's wanting to try to take things that they didn't work for folks uh, this has been the Valley Labor Report and we will see you next week.